or visit BassCustomSigns.com. Do you want the best for your car? Then fill up with premium at Circle K. Circle K Premium is our best fuel with double the cleaning detergent, protecting your engine from corrosion and damage so it can work at its best. And that, my friend, increases your mileage for more cha-ching in your pocket. Plus, when you fill up with premium at Circle K, you can save up to 20 cents per gallon. Offer valid Thursdays or Fridays at participating stores. For details, visit CircleK.com. Circle K. How convenient. Community is when you walk in a business and they know you by name. These local businesses are proud to call Acadiana home. They're proud to be certified South Louisiana. In this part of Louisiana, you choose to cook on an open flame. And that means propane. Cypress Propane. With six locations, you don't have to go far for the best service that money can buy. Cypress Propane. Honored to serve propane to the proud people of South Louisiana. For more than 35 years, Mattress Gallery has provided the Acadiana area with top quality bedding products from brands like Sealy, Stearns & Foster, and Tempur-Pedic. From selection to delivery, it's Mattress Gallery. Collie Saloon Road, across from River Ranch. Hi, Wayne Oye for Oye's Home Improvement and Specialty Roofing Company. My company has been Acadiana's top choice for insulated siding, insulated windows, roofing, and patio cover. Call now to schedule your free in-home estimate at 988-3330. Support our local community and shop certified South Louisiana. This game isn't fun. This game is a war. It's time for the two-minute drill. Hurry it up, hurry it up, hurry it up. Powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can make every moment more. Come on, let's go, you guys. Get in, we gotta go fast now. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns men's basketball team was looking to end the regular season with a big win over Georgia State, but the door was slammed shut by the Panthers in the final two minutes and wound up losing 65-58. The Cajuns will now turn their focus to the Sun Belt Conference Tournament where they'll play UT Arlington in the opening round on Thursday. Cajuns baseball lost a tough one yesterday afternoon to fourth-ranked Stanford thanks to a big two-run blast from Cody Huff. The Cajuns will look to get back on the winning side of the ledger when they play the Indiana Hoosiers with first pitch set for 11 o'clock. Will Wade and the LSU Tigers are back at the PMAC tonight, squaring off against Mizzou, and tip-off is slated for 7 o'clock, and you'll hear all the action right here on the game. The Bayou Bengals are installed as whopping 14-point favorites. LSU Baseball opened up a very busy weekend on the diamond with a dominant win over Towson. The Tigers will play Southern later today with first pitch set for 1.30. The New Orleans Pelicans were big underdogs last night to restart the second half of the NBA season against the Phoenix Suns, but a combined 60 points from Brandon Ingram and recent acquisition C.J. McCollum helped them get a big road win 117-102. The Pels will be staying on the road, and they're back in action tomorrow when they play against the Los Angeles Lakers with tip-off set for 9 o'clock. This has been Clint Doming with your two-minute drill on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. The two-minute drill has been powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can make every moment more. This can be played at high volume. 
Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And welcome, everyone. Hour number two officially underway here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. And we're definitely feeling good on this Saturday. You know, it's a little dreary, a little cold out there. But then again, we should be used to it, right? Once we get into late February, early March, around Mardi Gras time, it gets cold as the Dickens. Last year, during Mardi Gras, we literally had ice and snow on the roads. And we wound up not seeing any Mardi Gras parades on a fat Tuesday. Definitely was a little bit strange, right? Then again, we were dealing with that a lot in the COVID times. But now, those parades are back in full force. College baseball's back in full force. College basketball near the end of the season. NBA back in action. It's going to be a lot of fun over the next hour or so. And I want to start off looking at the Louisiana Raging Cajuns because a lot like politics sometimes, you got to give equal time. We gave plenty of time and plenty of kind of room for LSU to breathe on the basketball and the baseball front. We're going to do the same for the Raging Cages to start off hour number two. And if you want to call up 337-706-011, we might reset the conversation about the Saints and the Lumisnomics. They're pulling off right now. We'll talk about that more in this hour. We've got Jacob Westendorf. He'll be joining the program at 1130 talking about those Green Bay Packers and the Aaron Rodgers saga. Is it coming to an end? What's holding everything up? Does he retire? Does he stay? Does he go somewhere else? We got a lot of questions. We got a lot of questions to figure out and so much more with our good friend. But I want to start off with the Cajuns. Because there is just a lot of positivity coming out of that program in the second full season. I'm not counting the COVID year of 2020 for Mad Dags in any way. It was a rough start to that season. Hell, I was getting Facebook memories of some of those tough losses. I was reminded of those when I popped up, pulled up my Facebook memories and seeing posts that I shared of some losses they had to start the year before COVID shut it all down. I'm not counting that, so I'm counting it as his second full season as the head coach of the Cajuns. There's a lot of optimism. They beat UC Irvine, a 14th-ranked team, heading into the season, taking two out of three from them. And they were very competitive in that first game. Yes, they lost that game, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. You can't necessarily fault them for losing that game. Because, again, the Eagles are a damn good team. But doing that is going to help them a lot in the RPI. I talked about it earlier with LSU. Their RPI is going to help because they play in the SEC. These non-conference games and scheduling tough opponents is going to help them in the long run. And I think getting those wins over UC Irvine are going to be big. And I'm seeing a lot of positivity. Now, when it comes to pitching, I just don't know how that's been going. It's It's been different, to say the least, to see all the teams kind of 
set up and see how they're putting it all together. Because it's not necessarily been set in stone, nor presumably it will be. There's just a lot of things you're trying to question, you're trying to figure out when it comes to this weekend rotation. Still kind of in a, in a certain space, if you will. Like last night, we saw Tommy Ray get his first start. Jeff Wilson, Peyton Havard, who did start on Saturday last week. He got, he got things going. We haven't seen a whole lot of Hayden Dirk, which is intriguing. But we're going to start seeing more and more of some of the other stars on this team. And it's just a matter of seeing the cream rise to the top, if you will, with how things kind of come together if you're the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, seeing how it's all going to be put together and seeing who's going to stand out amongst the crowd here. Now, I think, obviously, the Cajuns, they've, they're they going to have a tough weekend this weekend in the Round Rock Classic. You're playing a damn good Stanford team. You played them last, yesterday afternoon. You lost that one 5-1. Right now, you're getting underway with the Hoosiers of Indiana, probably the one winnable game you have this weekend. And that's not a knock against the Cajuns. It's the fact that they're playing a really good team in Arkansas tomorrow. And they are play- They already played a tough team. Now, if they win against Arkansas, that's going to be massive for, again, the RPI. Because they're not going to necessarily get that in the world of college baseball. They're going to get that benefit of the doubt like they have in the past because I think the Sunbelt Conference until we see the addition of Southern Miss and how they pan out of the conference I would not be surprised if it's still going to be a one bid league pretty early on in the post-expansion era of the Sunbelt Conference it's probably still gonna be a one bid league and that's a that's a damn shame that it's probably still going to be and when it comes to the cages there's been some really good things to come away from CJ Willis obviously is a name that stands out to me and I can't wait to see how he works he had a really good walk-off double the other night against Southeastern and again it's games you should be winning because those games mean a whole hell of a lot more if you lose some of those games against in-state opponents because those in-state opponents could wind up hurting you and helping them you need as much help as you can but again, you've still got to get in to the tournament. It's going to take an anomaly to come out of the NCAA and the Sunbelt tournament and make it to the world of the baseball tournament and the big dance on that side. It's easier said than done. But I'm still intrigued to see how it all pans out for that program. I'm not necessarily crowning them as West champions. Mind you, they've done that in the past. They have very much been a team that just holds dominion over a program. What happens with it is anybody's guess, to be honest with you. But I'm still going to be interested to see how it all kind of comes together. Still intrigued. But I want to flip over as well and, and talk about college baseball. I want to talk college basketball and the Cajuns. Because they lost last night. They fought extremely hard. The tail end of their season, they have looked good. They've been trying to prove some of the doubters, some of the haters wrong. And they said it during the postgame on Saturday, a game I actually wanted to be able to go to first one all year. I was able to kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy some 
good college hoops. And that's what that was. It was a damn fun game. The Cajuns struggled a little bit at certain points, but they still got the win. They still got the dub, which is, at the end of the day, all that matters. But now this team's going to be playing UT Arlington on Thursday. And, mind you, big supporter of the Cajuns, always will be. I just feel like this is going to be the game where this Cajuns team is going to be one and done. UTA, I mean, this is an 8-9 matchup. It can go either way. But I think the Cajuns are going to get a little bit outclassed in this matchup, 8-9. I think they'll lose to UT Arlington, and then their season will come to an end. And I think, I've heard rumors. I'm not going to espouse them here on the airwaves because that's not what the show is. I'm not going to hear bring up conjecturing and, and rumor and innuendo and then turn out wrong. I can be wrong on my own. I don't have to kind of break code here. But I think Bob Marlin's done after this year. By this time next week, we might already be hearing stuff about him. Because, again, I just think that this team is going to be one and done. I'd love for them to get a win and move on to the next round because that'd be great for a lot of this team, the young nucleus they have, the confidence. But I think it's nearing the end of the road for this Cajuns team, the season, and more importantly, I think the focus is now going to be shifting over towards a new head coach, a new era, and moving on. Because again, Bob Marlin has had a lot of opportunity, has had a lot of leash. But I think now it's starting to stack up. And I love Bob. Nothing but love for the man. But I think it's the end of the road for him. Now, what happens there? Is it going to be a firing or what? Again, I've heard things, but I'm not going to divulge that information. But I am going to say, I feel like it's almost a done deal at this point, that he is going to be out as the Cajuns head coach before the end of the tournament. If not sooner. Because who's to say that they could... Go ahead and have him make an announcement right after the game. But I feel like by this time next week, when I get on the air at 9 a.m., which, by the way, folks, I'm going to give you a heads up on this. LSU is going to be playing an early game next Saturday. They're going to be playing a – to wrap the regular season, they're playing Alabama. 11 a.m. tip-off. We are going to go up an hour early, 9 a.m., Till 10.30. We're going to make it an hour and a half long show. Actually, I think it's two hours. But anyways, just tune in from 9 to 11 next Saturday. It'll be a one day only moving up to a special time. Because, well, I don't have a show in front of me to really run interference. So I'm going to move up to 9 to 11 next Saturday. One day only. Now, of course... If they want to play in the SEC tournament on that Saturday or LSU baseball kind of runs interference on some things, then I'll kind of fluctuate the show around going forward. But I think this will be a one-time only affair. Saturday, special time, 9 to 11, right here on Under the Dome with CD. But enough about that. Enough about Cajuns basketball and LSU basketball and all that stuff in special times. Let's go ahead and get into a break. 
Well, when we come back, we, we're going to get into more of that conversation about the New Orleans Saints and also maybe some New Orleans breakers talk because I've got a bone to pick about the USFL and maybe it's just a problem with spring football in general. But I think this year, this one now more than ever, screams something that I think a lot of people have their opinions on when it comes to the viability of it. And I'll talk about that next. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 out in Lake Charles. Back after this. We supply the sports. The Buffalo Wings are up to you. Tell me what wingy. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This is your auto body repair tip from DSA Collision Center. Automobile accidents happen fast and unexpectedly, and in lots of cases, at no fault of your own. The situation can become chaotic and stressful. A common mistake that insured motorists make after an accident is forgetting that they are still in control of what happens to one of their most precious assets. Next, of course, you will want to restore your vehicle to pre-accident status by always wanting to use a quality and trustworthy repair. Shop. It is your right to choose the auto body repair shop of your choice and protect your bottom line. This auto body expert minute has been brought to you by DSA Collision Center, located at the intersection of South Park and Highway 90 East in Broussard. Call DSA Collision Center at 337-445-3190 or visit them at dsacollision.com for a quote. Again, that's dsacollision.com, where quality and peace of mind are no accident. Run, eat, dance. Warm up your dancing legs for the official run and duathlon of Festival Acadia at Creo. Race through the beautiful Azalea Line streets in Lafayette's historic district and end up at Gerard Park for Festival Acadia at Creo. Compete in the 5K or 10K or run, paddle, run in the duathlon. Participating supports local parks, community projects, and the festival that you love. Volunteer or register at latrail.org. That's latrail.org. That dinner was delicious. What's next? Uh, I'm thinking just the check. Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. And it may be time to talk to your doctor. If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosis colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or call 1-800-633-9110. The game wants you to be part of our team at the Chittimacha Louisiana Open with our 2022 Tour Experience presented by Hampton Toyota and GolfBalls.com. The winner will receive a new tailor-made stealth driver, a dozen golf balls, and a spot on the game foursome at the Louisiana Open Pro-Am Wednesday, March 16th. To enter for a chance to win the 2022 Tour Experience, simply go to the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. 
After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more Under the Dome with CD right now. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Appreciate you listening in and taking time out of your busy Saturday. If you want to call us up, 337-706-0111, That's what, how you can call us. Make sure you get your shots up now because we won't have too much time left because we've got a special guest coming on, Jacob Westendorf, going to talk some Green Bay Packers with him. Because obviously that's definitely one of the big storylines when it comes to free agency. That's probably without a doubt the biggest domino to fall. Does Aaron Rodgers stay, go, retire? How does that all pan out? Because I think once he does it, everything else is going to start falling into place. Russell Wilson is one name that stands out the most to a lot of people. How that all kind of works out. It'll be interesting nonetheless. But we'll reset here. We'll kind of go New Orleans wide here in this segment. If you want to call it up again, 337-706-0111. So the Saints have moved over $26 million in cap space to where they can kind of make it work when it comes to some of the cap hell they're dealing with. Again, they are about $75 million over the salary cap when they started this offseason. The highest amount of any team in the NFL by far. And the first one, I think it's most notable to see what they're doing with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is going to be a New Orleans Saint. They converted his 14 points, converted 14.6 of his scheduled salary and roster bonuses into a signing bonus, which means they can now spread the cap charges over the next five years. And it looks great because, again, for a little while there, especially after all the malcontent that he had, the injuries he dealt with. I think we can all agree it looked like for a little bit during this offseason they might have let him go, let him walk because he had to de- he was dealing with his own stuff. He was dealing with his injury after week one of the 2020 season that kept him sidelined for what felt like forever. Then he didn't play at all this year after having that surgery, all that stuff. You, you, know, you know the story over the last year. And everybody was kind of thinking, maybe if worse comes to worse, you were going to have to trade Michael Thomas and move on. Obviously, you're also trying to deal with the Alvin Kamara stuff from the Pro Bowl aftermath, all that mess. That has to be something you're going to continue to keep an eye on over the next several weeks and months. Because there ain't nothing funny about what happened there in Vegas. That was just a bad look for that man. But they also freed up space with Ryan Ramchick. They converted $18 million of his scheduled salary and roster bonuses into a signing bonus. So they have a chance now to where they have room to move more than $100 million in salary cap cost 
into future years without cutting any current players if they don't want to. And again, it's classic Loomisnomics. It's making sure that we're set up right now today to get good things going. Now the conversation is going to shift, obviously, to what happens after. What happens after we get past that point? What happens after the season? I'll just go ahead and spoil that for you right now. The same thing. Lumisnomics works again, and we get under the salary gap. Then we go to the next year, and the next year, and the next year, and the next year, until we finally get out of this issue we've been dealing with since Drew Brees was around, which I know wasn't that long ago, but it feels like we've been dealing with this for almost 10 years. It means we've had to pay an exorbitant amount of money to get some of these big-name players, these guys that have shown out and showed up every single game, like an Alvin Kamara, like a Michael Thomas, to a certain extent like a Marcus Williams. Cam Jordan, those guys are going to have to get their contracts restructured to be able to get their money right. And also, the Saints need to do this to get a good quarterback. Because, again, I like our guy, Taysom Hill. Seems like a really good guy. But I don't ever want to see him throwing a pass again, okay? Sean Payton's gone. The experiment's over. It didn't work. Move on. Resign Jameis Winston. Or good luck, God bless, and get somebody in the draft. Now, I saw somebody who's clamoring for like Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett. Good names. Good names. But I just don't necessarily know if those guys are going to be available when you want them to be. Because I don't think a first round pick is going to work this year. I just don't think it will. And trading up to go get somebody like that, it's probably going to hurt you. I think the key with the Saints in the NFL draft this year is to go get a go get a good good wide receiver and re-sign Jameis Winston at one point during the offseason and call it a day. That's how I feel. Like, I just am blown away by people that think that, you know, Matt Corral, great quarterback. That's going to help matters. I think you have a better shot of getting a guy like Cole Kelly to play for the Saints, to be a guy that's going to be probably a good hand on the practice squad and be a good guy like that. But honestly, it's still, if you draft him, it's a little, eh. But that's kind of where I'm at on all this. With the New Orleans Saints and how things go for them. It's a great step in the right direction for that program. It's a great step. Because now they have to kind of figure out what how else they're going to do it. Because there were seventy million to start, and now that's a, almost a combined twenty five mil. So you're about fifty million over the salary cap. It's still a lot, but I'd say pretty doggone manageable. So I'm interested to see how it all turns out and how things kind of restructure with everybody else going forward. Because, again, I think there's only so many hometown discounts you can take if you're a top-flight player before you're like, yeah, I got to go. And I think Michael Thomas could be one of those guys. Alvin Kamara, maybe. We'll see. But, again, Alvin Kamara is not getting any younger. He's got that big deal 
He's not getting getting younger, and in terms of a running back, he's getting towards that middle age. And it, again, in terms of running back life expectancy, and I'm not saying he's going to die, but I'm saying in terms of his life expectancy in the NFL, his is going to be probably, I'd say, six or seven years before his prime is behind him, and he, he could become a journeyman. And that's if he stays healthy. And he has largely stayed healthy. He had a couple games where he was out this year, and that hurt him. But still, doesn't hurt him. Now we're going to get to the New Orleans Breakers, the other NFL team. Oh, not NFL team. The other football team in the city of New Orleans. And I'm interested in how this is all going to work out. He's got Larry Fedora, number one, a former head coach of Southern Miss in North Carolina. He's running things now as the head coach of the New Orleans Breakers. Now, this is a big issue for me because I have no idea who half these cats are on this roster. And it's a real statement about how these spring leagues get hurt because there's no true name value in terms of who are all these guys. And the way they did the draft was really weird. It was like a snake draft. You had to wait till I think, round 20 to get a running back. I think running back is one of the most important positions. You'd probably get that first five. But you had to do, like, select things. Like, the first 12 rounds was quarterbacks, DNs, tackles, and cornerbacks. Day two was everybody else. That's a lot to kind of explain. And again, 35 rounds, a lot to talk about. But when I see the names, like Kyle Sloter, who he played at wide receiver at Southern Miss, transferred to Northern Colorado, did well enough, but he hasn't played in a good while. The only name that I know off top, no, I know outright off top is Larry Rose III out of New Mexico State. That's because he was a damn good running back while the while New Mexico State, the Aggies, were in the Sun Belt Conference. That's literally when I saw the name pop up in the draft feed, Larry Rose III. And out of all the guys that were drafted, that's the one that stood out the most to me. Not Sean Poindexter, not Taewon Taylor, Chad Williams. Chad Williams sounds like a very generic, you know, create a player type name. Sal Canella. He played for Auburn, apparently. But again, I just don't know them as much as I'd say other players. They just don't stand out as much. And that's something we see a lot in these spring leagues. The USFL had some notable names, had some name recognition, at least somewhat, in in terms of players who played on big stages. For instance, Mettenberger. Yeah, I believe you had Johnny Manziel for like there for like a hot second. You had names that were there. Hell, you had one of the biggest like bust in the NFL draft's history. Darren McFadden. Yeah, Darren McFadden. He was a big like bust in the NFL, but he was a huge name. And he had an opportunity to go back and play in the play in one of those leagues. He had an opportunity to do and there were some other guys that just stood out as names that wanted to play and be able to have opportunities to see 
former guys live out their glory days. Same thing with the XFL in 2020. The USFL just doesn't have that same kind of boom to it, that same kind of pop to where you're sitting there. I want to see the New Orleans Breakers play on Fox every Sunday. The, the name recognition isn't there. Now, I'm not sure if that's just because of the fact that not everybody's necessarily sold on it. Because you got to remember, two years in a row, in 2019 and 2020, 2019 and 2020, you had two upstart spring leagues. The, the AAF, which ran out of money and had to shut down right after the regular season ended. No championship. Steve Spurrier was uncrowned champion. Then 2020 rolls around. You launch the XFL. It goes well. Like, it goes well, all things considered. And then COVID happens. And the season ends. They shut it down. Rock takes it over. It's coming back in 2023. I'm certain that a lot of players that are in college and getting ready to be called up and go to the NFL draft are guys that have spent some time away from the game are a little bit tentative because it feels like there's an uncertainty surrounding the world of spring football. I'm a huge proponent of it. But if you don't have these names, and I'm saying it's a bad thing to have like a bunch of guys that you don't know a whole hell of a lot about, and once you see them in action, you're like, oh, this is really cool. Like, for instance, P.J. Walker. I didn't know who the hell P.J. Walker was. And he turned out to be one of the most entertaining guys in the league. And then he was able to find a roster spot with the Carolina Panthers. Same thing with Rod Smart. He hate me. Tommy Maddox. He parlayed an XFL MVP in the one year it existed into a starting role with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then that gave way to Ben Roethlisberger. So, yes, there's not a whole lot of name recognition, but the name brands could be there. You just got to find the diamonds in the rough amongst probably 50 miles of you-know-what, and we kind of see how things go from there. Enough USFL talk. Let's get back to the NFL and talk Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers saga next with our good friend Jacob Westendorf of Game On Wisconsin. We'll talk to him next about those Packers from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Next, right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Back after this. We know you're listening. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't have heard this little message. But you did, didn't you? Do you want the best for your car? Then fill up with premium at Circle K. Circle K Premium is our best fuel with double the cleaning detergent. Protecting your engine from corrosion and damage so it can work at its best. And that, my friend, increases your mileage for more cha-ching in your pocket. Plus, when you fill up with premium at Circle K, you can save up to 20 cents per gallon. Offer valid Thursdays or Fridays at participating stores. For details, visit CircleK.com. Circle K. How convenient. Ace Machine and Fabrication in New Iberia is now hiring a full-time manual machinist to operate hollow spindle lathes, machining API rotary shoulder connections. Three to five years experience is preferred. Competitive pay rates based on experience level and must be willing to work overtime. A physical and drug screening is required. If interested, call Ace Machine 337-369-6100. That's 337 337- 
369-6100. Ace Machine is an equal opportunity employer. The Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Mistros, returns to La Triomphe Golf and Country Club, March 18th through 20th. Volunteers are the heart of our tournament. Applications are now being accepted. This is your chance to volunteer and assist in Acadiana's largest charity sporting event. Register by March 4th and receive your volunteer polo and hat courtesy of Oshner Lafayette General Orthopedic Hospital. Register at laopen.com. The Chittimacha Louisiana Open, presented by Mistros, March 17th through 20th. Small businesses are the backbone of our unique culture here in Acadiana. Landspiel Attorney at Law is located in Lafayette and focuses on helping small business get through these unprecedented times. If your small business needs help, give Lance Beal a call today at 991-6263. You can speak directly to Lance within minutes and receive a virtual case evaluation. Don't face the struggle alone. Reach out to Lance Beal Attorney at Law, 991-6263. Lance will be there for you. Hello, Acadiana. Greg Schumann, General Manager of Acadian Dodge South. I'm sure by now you have heard every dealer from new car stores and used car dealers saying they will buy your car or give you top dollar for your trade-in value. Well, that's great for them, but not you, Acadiana. At Acadian Dodge, we will sell your car under consignment, and when we do, you will receive the true value of your car. So come on down to Acadian Dodge South at 2110 Veterans Memorial Highway or give us a call at 337-893-4555. Missed out on the Jordy Holberg Show? Here's what the Blonde Bomber said that got people talking. I don't understand why what Zion has shrouded himself in silence. We never hear from him. We never see him. The fact that C.J. McCollum said, no, I haven't talked to him, did that stoke the fires in the media and around the NBA? The Jordy Holberg Show, weekday afternoons from 2 to 4 on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Most sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These guys are laughing. Now back to the show that gets the lead out. Under the Dome with CD on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and now 1041 in Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station coming to you live from the game studios here in Upper Lafayette. Hopefully you're having a fantastic Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. It's getting ready to be around 12 o'clock. Don't forget we got LSU baseball here on the game pregame at 1 o'clock. First pitch, 1.30. We also have LSU basketball later on tonight here on Acadiana Sports Station. So trust me, we got you covered. So we'll flip it over because the last couple of years in Wisco have been a lot like a soap opera as the Aaron turns. Is Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. the other A-Rod, a.k.a. Mr. Rodgers, and in some circles they call him Throw Rogan. And there's just been a lot of arguing between the two parties of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and his crew. From giving him talent to, in some cases, reports saying dollars and cents are what's really coming down to all this. So we need to catch up with some people from that area. And one of those is my next guest from Game on Wisconsin. He also writes for 
Packer Report, which is part of 24-7 Sports. He is Jacob Westendorf. Jacob, how you doing, my man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I, the, as the Aaron turns, was that was pretty good. I appreciate that. I appreciate you telling me that was pretty darn good. But, you know, it just feels like for a minute there, a few days ago, when he put out a cryptic Instagram post with an interesting caption, it felt like he was going to hang it up. But it feels like we're just, he's just leading everybody on and having him hang on, on by a thread and seeing how far he can pull this thing. Do you think he makes his decision to retire or stay? How do you see this decision going for him? Yeah, I don't think he's going to retire. I know the Instagram post and then the subsequent appearance on Pat McAfee's show the very next day led a lot of people to do that. Make no mistake, Aaron Rodgers is enjoying this part of it. He can say that he doesn't pay attention to stuff like that, but I don't believe him. Uh, He's enjoying having the opportunity to watch all of us kind of just run with everything that he says and does. Uh, When you listen to his MVP speech, I certainly said I felt like he sounded like somebody that was retiring. But then he said during his appearance on the show that I can still play. I can still play at a high level. He said in the past that he's wanting to play well into his 40s. Maybe his mind's changed on that. I just can't picture him wanting to walk away from football, a game that he said was the most fun season he had maybe ever in his career, and especially after a dud of a performance that he had in a playoff game. Like, does he really want to walk away and have his last game be a 10-point performance at home against a team they were heavily favored against? I just don't think so. Do you believe the reports, and he he kind of shot those down. He brought the Pat McAfee show. He wound up shooting those down, I think, in a text or something to Pat McAfee, talking about the rumors that it's all coming down to about $50 million is what he's demanding from the Packers this offseason. Was it largely a, just a bunch of smoke being blown around? Yeah, that could be a leverage thing. Uh, if you talk about Ian Rappaport talked about it a little bit later, how somebody might kind of say something like that to somebody and then just have a report be like, hey, we were told he wanted $50 million, so we backed out of the sweepstakes kind of thing for a team that doesn't get him. So it's kind of a spin cycle. I have no doubt in my mind Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid. There's been discussions of a – hometown discount or anything of that sort, that's not going to happen, uh, at least in my estimation, and nor should it, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has done so much for this Packers organization. He's one of the best players in the history of the franchise. That was true a couple of years ago, and they still, without telling him, drafted somebody that was intended at the time to replace him. I'm not saying I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because of that. He said several times he's not a victim. I'm just saying that to say, Take care of yourself because nobody else is going to. So if he's worth $45, $50 million, go get it. Whether or not that's something he's actually going to get, who's to say? We won't know until until he signs the contract. And he said in the past, it's not about the money. Well, he's got a chance to prove that that is, in fact, the case. Exactly. Talk right now with Jacob Westendorf, part of Game on Wisconsin. And looking at this whole situation right now, do you think he legitimately will stay with Green Bay for at least a couple more years, or does he go somewhere else like a Denver or even go over to the West Coast to play with his hometown team in the 49ers? I am very confident that if Aaron Rodgers were to ask for a trade, that they would not even pick up the phone if the 49ers called. There is some bad blood, to say the least, between those two teams. A lot was made of the shanahan Lafleur handshake after the Week 3 game. Obviously, adding all that stuff. It seems pretty obvious 
um, at least the Packers feel that they were that their quarterback was tampered with last offseason. The Matt Lafleur wasn't happy about it. That being said, I think every tea leaf that has come out since like October suggests Aaron Rodgers wants to stay in Green Bay. He's talked in the past about wanting to retire a Packer. And then this year he was talking about how, well, I'm not sure this is my last game at Soldier Field, or I don't think it was my last game at Soldier, speaking of as a Packer. And then at the end of the season he's talking about how his relationship with Brian Gutekunst and the Packers front office has grown dramatically, and he was appreciative of those conversations. Very uh, thankful towards Matt LaFleur and the rest of this Packers team. I think it's just a matter of he's trying to make sure that he wants to stay. It's just that the Packers are going to continue to do the same things that they did this past season on his behalf, for better or worse, uh, and then make sure that he's still going to be involved in those conversations, that it wasn't just a one-year beg to get him back kind of thing. I'd agree with you there, Jacob. But, you know, thinking about it, like, if he doesn't stick around, what landing spot do you think is going to be the best for him in terms of what you're going to wind up getting out of a team? Because if we're being honest, a team like the Green Bay Packers, they have to be asking, like, a king's ransom to get rid of a franchise quarterback that wants out. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, you're not getting Aaron Rodgers for, you know, 30 cents on the dollar. That's why I, I always kind of chuckle at some of these trade proposals of, like, this year's first, next year's third, and then maybe, like, a second for Aaron Rodgers. No, this is going to be – I mean, if the asking price for – let's use Matthew Stafford as an example. I know Stafford was just on the team that won the Super Bowl. Stafford got two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a quarterback. Albeit a bad quarterback, but a quarterback. Then when you throw in the, the fact that Stafford had never been on an all-pro team, never been an MVP, never anything like that, Aaron Rodgers is the back-to-back -back reigning MVP. So it's going to cost a pretty penny to whoever wants to get him. And I'm talking like three first-round picks, a young player, maybe even another player that is that is younger on, on one of them contracts that's still one that he hasn't gotten his first extension yet. Uh, but I think Denver is the best spot for that. They're the team that has been connected to him the most, even since last year, where, according to some at least, the deal was really close. It turns out that was erroneous. Uh, but I think Denver's the team that they have the ammo. They didn't use any last year. They've got some young players like Jerry Judy they can send back to Green Bay and then kind of easily replace him uh, with Devontae Adams or another veteran wide receiver if that was the route they wanted to go. But it definitely feels like this is Green Bay or Denver if that's going to be – uh, the route that Pac, uh, Rogers chooses to go. I'm about to say there's no um, uh, firstborn son in this negotiations in a trade because it just feels like there's a lot that's going to be offered here. There, there might be. You know, you never know. A team gets desperate enough for a quarterback, um, and especially a team that has some pressure on them to win. You never know. I've always been curious what uh, a trade like this might go. I mean, think about it this way. Deshaun Watson is in all the legal trouble that you could almost possibly be in, and they were still saying that a trade could garner three-plus first-round picks. Desperation certainly leads to more. So, yeah, first-born son, maybe that'll be part of it as well. And especially when you look at the league now, because think about it. You don't have Drew Brees. You don't have Tom Brady. You don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Now the market is kind of dry in a certain sense. And obviously, you've got guys – but at the same time, you got guys like Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, guys who are going to be leading the way in the next three, four, five, ten years, and they're likely going to be locked down on big contracts for the foreseeable future. So if you want to get somebody, you've got to try and, like, if you want to trade and get somebody that you know can be a plug-and-play quarterback right now, you've got to give up a lot. Yeah, 
and it's always worth it. Like, that's the other thing. If you look at this year's Final Four for the NFL, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, and the outlier is Jimmy Garoppolo. Last year, the Final Four, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I'm sorry, I said Josh Allen this year. It was Joe Burrow. Either way, great quarterbacks are the teams that are going to be in the running at the end. And then you see even, like Jimmy Garoppolo, the counterargument is like, well, the Niners have won and gotten to this point with him. Yeah, and they thought so highly of that team that they traded two first-round picks and stuff to go get his replacement. So any team that wants to think they have a quarterback situation locked down, they're always looking for somebody like Aaron Rodgers. And you mentioned some of those guys in the AFC, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. That's why I actually think, and I thought this kind of from the beginning, Rodgers' best chance to win or any quarterback that's looking to relocate potentially, their best chance to win is in the NFC because Tom Brady's gone. Now you're talking, what, Matthew Stafford? Okay, he had a great year, but the Rams, I mean, there was a stretch of thought for a period of time that they weren't even that good. They could have been one and done. A lot of people were picking the Cardinals that night to win. The NFC is much more open than the one, the conference that has Patrick Mahomes, who for my money's worth is still the best quarterback in football. Joe Burrow, the best ascending quarterback in football. Then you add in Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and a couple MVP candidates. Oh, and a former MVP with Lamar Jackson. The AFC is loaded, man. And this is not the conference of where it was basically Brady or Manning every single year going to the Super Bowl. The NFC is the one, and that's the route, not the easiest route, but a route to get to the Super Bowl is much more open on that side of the conference. I would agree with you. It just always is a lot more wide open when you look at the AFC versus, I think, the NFC, especially if Aaron Rodgers does stick around. But, you know, you're talking about the negotiations with the Packers and Rodgers. How much of that, like, how much of a role is Rodgers going to play in saying, hey, if you want me to stick around for the foreseeable future, I want to have a little bit more control on how things go with the draft? Because, again, one of the big talking points, one of the big sticking points the last couple of years was how the the Packers have not and just just can't do anything when it comes to the draft and getting good pieces around Aaron Rodgers. How much do you think that's going to play a role in the negotiations and how he makes his decisions? I think it's more the veteran side of things that he was worried about. Like, you notice he didn't – push for them to draft somebody this past year. It was more, can you bring back Randall Cobb, one of my old friends, one of the veterans that's still in the room and maybe changing that side of things. Uh, on the draft side of things, maybe the appearance of the fact that Rodgers only has, you know, two or three years left might cause them to be a little more aggressive. But honestly, since Brian Gutekunst took over, last year was the first time that they didn't trade up in the first round to get a player. Every year since in the first round. So every year since Gutekunst has been the general manager, they've traded up. It's just been for a guy on defense. And then, of course, Jordan Love. Um, a lot of that draft conversation you're talking about centers around the fact that they haven't taken a receiver in the first round. And do they need some help at receiver? Absolutely. But when you look at the guys that Gutekunst has picked, again, save for Jordan Love, and who knows, the book on him is yet to be written. Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks in all of football when he's been healthy. Rashawn Gary is an ascending pass rusher that had a really good season last year. Darnell Savage has had his moments of being really good. And Eric Stokes was maybe the best rookie corner in all of football last year. So maybe that's something that they can talk about. Maybe they'll be more aggressive in moving up and getting, yeah, a receiver, a tight end if there was one worth it in this class, which I'm not so sure that there is. But on the receiver side of things, I think that's possible. But I do think with Rodgers and his discussion, it's just more 
what guys from the team, what veterans are we trying to keep? Because when he did that press conference back in July, he wasn't talking about guys they didn't bring in. He was talking about guys they didn't keep. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, brother. Appreciate it. You guys have a good rest of your day, too. All right, that was Jacob Westendorf, owner of Game On Wisconsin. We'll take a quick timeout. Got one final take in the chamber before we head into a pretty nice weekend, heading into Mardi Gras. Until then, you're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This is Raging Cajun legend Jake DeLome, and you're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. One of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And that's what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine prop bets from multiple games and now even multiple sports. It's called Same Game Parlay Plus, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Combine NBA player props you love with your favorite NHL scores for a chance to score an even bigger payout if you don't want to build your own same game parlay check out their popular same game parlay section where you can join the bets other users are jumping on two weeks ago over 14,000 customers won a total of 1.1 million dollars during the bucks at lakers game and if you're new to fanduel sign up with promo code klwb to get a risk-free first bet up to one thousand dollars make every moment more and download the fanduel sportsbook app just use promo code klwb so they know i sent you must be 21 and older and present in louisiana first online real money wager only refund issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. The Rustic Renegade has thousands and thousands of unique men's gifts. Here's Caleb Moore's. Uh, so this is Duke Cannon Soap. One of the strange things we sell in the shop, uh, in the shop is soaps, beard oils, products like that. Uh, this is a Duke Cannon uh, big bar of soap. My personal favorite, this is uh, Buffalo Trace Bourbon. Uh, I'm a bourbon guy myself, and this one does smell a little, a little like bourbon. You don't walk around smelling like your uh, like your grandfather at, at Thanksgiving time frame, but you have a nice little hand of oakiness to yourself. Why don't you come in, have a cup of coffee with us? The Rustic Renegade and therusticrenegade.com. Here's another safety tip from the Rustic Renegade. Always treat your gun like it's loaded. Keep it pointed in a safe direction. Always keep your finger straight and off the trigger until you are ready to shoot. Keep it unloaded until you are ready to use it. For more great ideas, visit therusticrenegade.com. Have you considered commercial LED conversions for your parking lots or interior and exterior signs? If not, you should. It could cut your light bill in half. Go with the sign and lighting experts at Yesco Lafayette, a bass company. The technicians at Yesco Lafayette are certified to work on most digital signs, plus Yesco can finance projects of all shapes and sizes. Start saving today when you call 504-3813. That's 504-3813. Plus mention this ad and receive a free survey. That's Yesco Lafayette. From the Atchafalaya Basin to the Texas state line, the game is your home for live and local sports talk in southwest Louisiana. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is your official home for LSU Tigers, Houston Astros, and the NFL. The game also tackles the latest involving the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, McNeese Cowboys, and area high schools. So keep it locked right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Before we close up shop here on Under the Dome, CD has just one more take to fire off before he drops the mic. Is it going to be a take that lands on the Scoville scale? Or is it going to be as cold as the pizza in your fridge? Let's listen in and find out. You got to give a lot of credit to LSU Women's Hoops. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake. Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. My final take revolves around the head coach, Kim Mulkey. She said in her press conference about a year ago to be patient because it's going to take a little time. She has absolutely soared over that bar and then some as the head coach of LSU Women's Hoops. In one year, you went from being a team that had nine wins, nine wins last year. LSU Women's Hoops has been outstanding this year. You want to know how many wins they have this year after having nine the year before? 24! 12-3 and three in SEC play. Second in the entire conference. If that doesn't tell you the potential this team has, I don't know what will. How about this number? 100,000 people in attendance over the last four seasons at LSU women's basketball games at the PMAC. Pete's Palace is quickly becoming Mulkey's house. 104,000 just this year alone in attendance. The expectations, the hype is real. And it's amazing how quickly this team is a lot like the Cincinnati Bengals were in 2021. A team that went from worst to first or second best in the conference. They're no doubt going to be part of the NCAA Women's Tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing how the purple and gold fare in the big dance. I don't think Final Four, but I think a Sweet 16, year one for Kim Mulkey, that's a massive feather in the cap for her in what's already, I think, a Hall of Fame career as a coach, no doubt. But I also think that there's a lot to say about how it's all going to turn out for the purple and gold in the long term. I would not be surprised in the slightest if a national championship is in the works over the next two or three years for women's hoops. And if that's the case, I think LSU is in great shape. And again, that's not even counting football right now. But you got to give a lot of credit to one Scott Woodward. He shoots his shot and gets big names, and it's already paying off in that perspective. We'll see what happens with Jay Johnson. We'll definitely be seeing what happens with Brian Kelly once we get into the month of August and early September. We'll see how that goes. But there is something to be said about the potential that's there. And at the end of the day, if you're a fan of those programs, that's all that matters is potential. And I'm out of here. Till next week, special time, 9 to 11. I'm Clint Doming. The world-famous CD, call me what you want. We got more Under the Dome next week. Until then, peace.
Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, we are Southwest Louisiana's sports station. J. 